to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We're walking in the full blessing of God's promises. God's going to be working in our lives. God's going to be using us. Now, if that's not the case, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Is there some area of disobedience in our lives? You see, because disobedience will quench the Spirit in our lives. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Genesis. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Genesis chapter 13 in a message titled, Obedience and Blessing. Now, here's Pastor Brian. What is the specific lesson from this season of Abram's life? Because I do believe that there is a a specific lesson that we are to take away from this chapter. And this is what I believe it is. The specific lesson is this. God's full blessing is contingent on total obedience. God's full blessing. It's contingent on total obedience. Remember, this, this promise that God gave to Abram was, you know, in a sense at this point, it was a conditional promise. What did he say to him? Remember, as we go back into the 12th chapter, he said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. So that's the promise. But what was the condition? The condition, as we've seen, was to get out of your country from your family, and from your father's house. And you see, until that condition was fully met, until Abram fulfilled the condition of total separation from his family, the full blessing was withheld. But the moment, the moment that separation was completed, the full blessing came. And notice in verse 14, Lot has made his decision and he's moved east toward Sodom. And look in verse 14 what it says. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. That word now is the key. And I believe that that word now is letting us know that the condition for the full extent of God's blessing to come upon Abram has now been met. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Now, how did that full blessing come to him at that moment? Well, it came in the form of a renewed sense of God's presence as well as a renewed sensitivity to his voice. Now, 
I don't want to press this too hard, but if you look at the story, and I know there's probably some gaps in the story. In other words, all of the details aren't given to us. We don't know the time frame. We mentioned last time about having left Ur and gone up to Haran. That would have been a, a long journey. And then from Haran to come back down to Shechem. And, and we don't have any of the details of the journey or any of that. But it's interesting to me that you don't have further communication from God until Abram has completed the instruction God has given him. So remember, the God of glory appears to Abram while he is in Mesopotamia, tells him to get out. And from what we see in the text, there's no further word from God until he finally arrives in the land of Canaan. And again, going back for just a second to chapter 12, when he finally gets into Canaan, Abram passed through, verse 6, the land to the place of Shechem, and verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said. So after this obedience is, is completed, then once again the Lord appears. But from the time he arrives in Shechem, until this moment here, there is no recorded anyway. There's no further um, encounter with God. There's no further communication with God. He goes to Egypt, as we pointed out. There's, there's no record of, of him consulting the Lord. The famine comes into the land and... It just simply says he went down to Egypt. We know the trouble that he had in Egypt. We alluded to it earlier. And then he comes back. He, he again builds an altar. He worships, but there's no, he, he calls upon the Lord, but there's no record of the Lord appearing to him or communicating with him. But remember, he's still with Lot. But now that the separation has taken place, now the Lord appears and speaks to him once again. And so the full blessing comes in the form of a renewed sense of God's presence as well as a renewed sensitivity to his voice. It also came in the fulfillment of the original promise to give Abram the land of Canaan. Now notice what it says here in verse 15. God says, Look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, listen, which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. God gives him the land at this moment. This is the moment that God actually gives the land to Abram. If you go back to chapter 12, when he first comes into the land there in Shechem, God says, this is the land that I will give you. And the next time the land is referred to, God speaks of it as the land I have given you. So chapter 12, it's the land I will give you. I think it's chapter 17. It's the land I have given you. And it's right here in chapter 13 where God actually gives him the land. So he receives the fullness of the promise 
as he completes his obedience to the Lord. And then as we read on in the story, he walks the length, he moves his tent, and he dwells in a place called Hebron. And Hebron means communion or fellowship. So the the picture now that we conclude with, going back to him being in Mesopotamia, and now all of this time that has passed, we come to, in a sense, kind of the completion of phase one of Abram's walk of faith. And he settles now in the promised land as the possessor of the land, and he settles in a place of communion and fellowship. That's a beautiful picture to me. Now, what is the application? The application for us is this. God wants each of us living in the full blessing of his promises. God wants us to be living in the full blessing of his promises. And the question that we must, each of us, ask ourselves is simply, is that where we're at? Am I living in the full blessing of the promise of God? Am I experiencing God's presence in my life? Because that's what we do as people who are in the will of God, walking in obedience to God. Now, of course, there are those seasons There are those occasions when we go through times of dryness and periods of darkness. And it's not because I'm involved in some sin or disobedience. It's just a season that I go through. But I think for the most part, those are the exceptions rather than the rule. The rule is that we would be experiencing God's presence. Are we experiencing his presence? Are we hearing his presence? voice? Is God speaking to you? Are you hearing his voice? When you open his word, are you finding that there's communion taking place? When you're coming and sitting under the teaching, are you finding that it's not just information going in, but but God's speaking to your heart? As you go throughout the days, throughout the weeks, as you go along, are you finding those times where the Lord's, you know, checking you in a certain area or he's encouraging you in another area? You see, that is all indicative of of a person that's experiencing the full blessing of God's promise because we're sensitive to his voice. Are we seeing his spirit at work in our lives? Are we sensing that the Lord is leading us? As we go about our daily lives, as we go about our business, whatever we're doing, are we able to look throughout the day, maybe uh, at the end of the day, or or maybe at the end of the week, are we able to look back and say, well, you know, the Lord led me there, and the Lord, I, I sense the Lord working there. You know, I had the greatest encouragement in that area yesterday. I was talking to Don Stewart about something, and we were conversing, and it was something that, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And it had to do with connecting with another person. And I left Don and went over 
to one of the other places. And lo and behold, that person who I rarely ever see or had no expectation of coming into contact with, boom, I ran right into him. And I walked away thinking, Lord, I think that was a divine appointment. You set that up. And, and that's what we're talking about. As we're walking in the full blessing of God's promises, we're going to be having those kinds of things going on. God's going to be working in our lives. God's going to be using us. Now, if that's not the case, we have to ask ourselves some questions. We have to ask ourselves, is there some area of disobedience in our lives? You see, because disobedience will quench the spirit in our lives. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. And again, going back to Lot, like we said, it wasn't that Lot was a wicked man. Again, Peter tells us he was a righteous man, but he was a compromised man. His heart wasn't fully set on God or the things of God, the promises of God like Abram's was. You know, God was good and he wanted God, but you know, the world was very attractive to him as well. And so he had made room for compromises. And a lot of times that's what happens. It's, it's little disobediences that build up. It's little things where the Lord has said to us, maybe just in our spirit, he's checked us. You know, we're moving in a direction. Lord, you know, don't go that direction. And we press and we keep moving in that direction. Again, the conviction comes. Don't go in that direction. Pretty soon, we just keep pushing on. Pretty soon, we don't feel any more conviction. And then we draw the false conclusion. Oh, I guess God doesn't really mind. He stopped bothering me. No, what's happened is my heart has become hardened. I've become insensitive through disobedience. So we have to consider whether or not that might be a possibility. Or is there some incomplete obedience. And maybe, like with Abram, maybe it is not so much a rebellion against God, but more of just out of a human weakness to go through with it is just, oh, Lord, it's just painful. Oh, Lord, I, you know, I know that I haven't really followed through in that area, but you know, that's, that's just going to be tough. And sometimes we can draw back because of those kinds of things. But in the end, it, it really, you know, it puts us in a position of an incomplete obedience or a partial uh, obedience. But a partial obedience or an incomplete obedience, in the end, it's going to rob us of the full blessing of what God has for us. Is there a relationship or a friendship that we have refused to break off, maybe? And this is oftentimes where it gets very difficult, doesn't it? Because we can get ourselves involved with people, and we can develop strong emotional bonds with them, but the relationship with them is an unhealthy spiritual relationship. And I'm not just talking about guy-girl relationships and you know, the possibility of sexual immorality. I mean, obviously, that would be in there. But, you know, we can just have unhealthy relationships with other people. You know, sometimes there will be a person in our lives who's bitter. And every time we're around them, they're spewing bitterness. And we end up sort of, you know, walking away feeling kind of contaminated. 
And, you know, feeling convicted too, like, you know, you, you need to stay away from that person. They're poisoning you. Oh, but, but you know, you've, you've got this close bond. You know, maybe it's a family member. It's somebody that you're close to. It's somebody that, for you, the thought of, of breaking that relationship, that's just a hard thing. But you see, those are the things that can be manifestations of an incomplete obedience that would then rob us of the full blessing. And in some cases, like we saw here with Abram, in some cases, you know, if we can't do it ourselves, God might step in and do it for us. Not that we should just wait around and say, okay, Lord, well, I'm not gonna do it. You're just gonna have to do it if you want that to happen. Sometimes that could be unpleasant as well. But these are all of the things, and there are many more, that could potentially rob us of the full blessing of what God has for us. The Lord wants us to dwell in Hebron. He wants us to be living in that place of fellowship with him. He wants us to be living in that place of communion. And, you know, I wonder sometimes, and and this is, I think, applicable in some cases even more for people who have walked with the Lord longer than for those who are younger. Have you ever noticed how a lot of times it's the younger person in the Lord that seems to have more zeal, seems to have more faith, seems to have more of an experience with God. And here we are, you know, we're the supposedly mature ones. We're the older ones. I've been walking with the Lord 30 years, and what are you so excited about? (laughs) (laughs) But that excitement, and of course, some of that is, you know, it's it's emotion that, that a person will will grow out of. You can still have the same excitement and passion for the Lord, but you won't manifest it in the same way as you might have when you were younger. But it's not so much about how it's manifested. The real question is, is it there? Is the passion really there? Am I living in fellowship with the Lord? Am I still in that place where, man, Lord, I just want to know you better? And I want to understand your word in an even greater way. And Lord, I want to be used by you. And when I meet people and when I go out, I want to be that person that can help people connect with you. And I think what happens sometimes in the church, like I said, is, you know, we, we get older in the sense of years, but we sort of start to stagnate a little bit as well. And maybe we allow a series of, uh, disobediences to come in, or we allow a number of uh, partial or incomplete obediences to go on in our lives, and we're no longer sensing God's presence. We're no longer hearing his voice. And so the excitement, the thrill of being a Christian is gone. But you know, when that is restored, and when you have a group of people that have that kind of passion, that's when things are gonna happen in the world. That's when things are gonna happen in the community. That's when things are gonna happen on your job. And that's where God wants us all to be, and he wants us to be there all the time.
experiencing his full blessing. So, here's the final word on it. Surrender it all to the Lord. Remember the posture of the man of faith? Quietness and confidence. Lord, I'm turning it over to you. Lord, I'm, I'm gonna take that step of obedience. I'm gonna complete that obedience I started. I'm not gonna any longer stagger at that last step. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that final step and go all the way through. And as we surrender it all to the Lord, that's when we open the gate for the blessing to come. And you see, as long as I remain in a state of, of partial obedience, what I end up doing really is only hindering God's full blessing from being poured out on my life. And that's the thing that is, you know, to me, it's so, it's so utterly foolish to live that way. You know, when the possibility is there for the full blessing of God to be upon my life, why in the world, why would anybody in their right mind settle for something less than that? Why would we settle for for the crumbs when God has prepared a feast and he says, come, buy, Drink, eat, buy food without money. Come and fill yourself. That's what he's inviting us to do. And the stories of the past are the prophecies of the future. And what God did in the lives of the people that we have recorded in the Bible, you know, they're little pictures for us of what God wants to do in everybody's life. And like Paul said in Romans, that the things that were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So why did God tell us this story about Abram? Because he just wanted to record some history? Well, not totally. He did want to record some history. And obviously, there are more things that are involved than just my own personal experience. But God had these things written down so we could look at the lives of these people and we could say, so this is how God works in somebody's life. So this is what God does. So this is how God calls people. And this is what it looks like when God's blessing. And this is what can happen if we don't follow through in obedience, you see. So it's all here for us, personally, that we might learn these great lessons. The lesson being God's full blessing is contingent on total obedience. So... Let's obey the Lord personally so that we can receive that blessing in its fullness that God has for us.
October, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, The Air We Breathe, How We All Came to Believe in Freedom, Progress, Kindness, and Equality by Glenn Scrivener. Do you recoil at the ancient practice of slavery in the Bible? Do you value modern-day freedom and equality? Do you abhor the mistreatment of minorities by some in the Christian church? If you answered yes to just one of these questions, or even all of them, then chances are you have unknowingly inherited the biblical notions of redemption, freedom, equality, and compassion. In his book, The Air We Breathe, Glenn Scrivener argues that Christianity has been infused into Western culture so thoroughly that its values are simply taken for granted, and their Christian origins have gone unnoticed. No matter what you believe regarding the existence of God, this book will help you understand some of the values you cherish most. The book, The Air We Breathe, How We All Came to Believe in Freedom, Kindness, Progress, and Equality by Glenn Scrivener is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Genesis. Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.